Well, hey, my friends, and thank you so, so much for joining me for another episode of Real Live Talk. You guys are the best, and it really means the world to me that you're here. I'm so pumped for this episode. This is a pre-recorded episode uh, in which I sat down with Rosie Rivera Flores, who is an author, entrepreneur, international speaker, and social media influencer. She uses her platform to lift up, motivate, and give hope to sexual abuse survivors. Um, she's co-hosted some of the top Spanish morning shows, including Despierta America and Un Nuevo Día. Uh, she's the author of My Broken Pieces, Take Back Your Power, and God is Your Defender. Rosie has a really incredible testimony of how God rescued her from a life of tremendous pain. Uh, having been sexually abused as a young girl, she eventually found herself living a sexually promiscuous lifestyle, abusing drugs and alcohol, attempting suicide. Uh, but she eventually found her voice and God led her out of shame to speak openly and honestly about her past. She now uses what God has done in her life as a testimony of God's goodness and helps others that have experienced sexual abuse to walk in freedom and healing. Uh, Rosie is considered to be one of the most influential Latinas, like period, in the world. <laughs> and uh, I was just so blessed and honored to have the opportunity to, uh, to chat with her. This is a conversation about not becoming a victim or a slave to your past, but learning how to stay sensitive and vulnerable before the Lord and to really trust him as your defender and protector. So Rosie shares some of her incredible story and journey that she's been on with the Lord through this process of healing and growth. And it's just, um, it's good. It's so good. I had such a good time uh, chatting with Rosie. It's so encouraging. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see how she really lives her life from a place of intimacy with God and a place of trust that I think only comes from yielding to his leadership. And Rosie will tell you, and you'll hear it in this episode, it's not something that happened overnight. It was a journey that she went on to walk in forgiveness, to walk in healing, um, to really allow the Lord to um, undo and unravel so many of those hurts and things that she had been through. And so it's a journey. It's a process. We're, we're all on a journey with God. We're all in process. It looks differently, but we're all on a different journey with the Lord. And so I just pray that this episode, this conversation will encourage you wherever you are at in your life and your walk with Jesus. Or if you've yet to come to know Jesus and you're listening to this, uh, wherever you are along the journey, just really, really uh, appreciate you for being here. I know that this episode is going to bless you and bring value into your life. Be sure and uh, stay tuned till the end when we share about some of the places that you can go to check out these resources, the books, and some of the other resources that Rosie has available because I know that they will uh, bless you tremendously. So bless you guys as you listen. And uh, now please join me in welcoming to the podcast uh, for the first, but hopefully not the last time, Rosie Rivera Flores. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so, so good to, to have you with me. We uh, just connected briefly a little while back and I've been uh, really mm -hmm. looking forward to this conversation, just kind of getting to know you a little bit more. And I uh, just appreciate you for giving me your time today. So thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And actually, I just finished uh, your book, God is oh. Your Defender. Oh, nice. And yeah, and uh, and and I loved it. I I, re I really did. I want to talk to you maybe about a, about a few things um, that I really that I really loved about it, and uh, we can go from there. Even though um, you kept calling me girl and sister in the book, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
that's most of my audience. I apologize. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's it's who I connect with, and it's easier for me to explain emotions or process or what it is to be a wife, um, just because that's what I know. But there are some men that are like, "Hey, I'm here too," you know, on my social media. So I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry, boy." <laughs> No, it's cool. It's cool. I didn't. I didn't take offense. I, I got. I, I actually. I got a lot out. I really, truly did. I. I got a lot out of the book. I, I think. Um. You know, it's. Uh. It's a really awesome reminder about how deceptively destructive it can be when we allow things like revenge, or you know, this desire for revenge, or even our our own ego, or um, allowing these things to kind of spin out of control. And, mm -hmm. and also how you talk in the book a lot about uh, a lot about uh, idolatry and how we can just subtly allow other people or even feelings and mindsets. And and again, and even that desire for revenge and things of that nature to kind of come in and take that place of God in our lives and to where we allow these things to be set up as as idols in, in our lives yeah. and, and how you, you remind us about how truly empowering it is to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and uh, I think it's that, a very powerful book. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's, um, I love to hear that, that it's a powerful book. I, I want it to be more than just entertaining. Um, I have come from an entertainment yeah. family and I thought, no, there has to be more. And writing that idol chapter was more humbling uh, than I thought, like to be that transparent mm -hmm. and, and really figure out like, whoa, I have some idols. I mean, when the Lord revealed it to me, I was like, really? Like, you know, even with God, I was like, I, I didn't know I was doing this. I really, really didn't. So, you know, for a little bit, I battled with, should I, do I have to? And then I thought, yes, I do. Because it was so empowering for me to take down that idol, to remove it out of my life. And it did so much that I said, okay, this is going to be a powerful chapter. Not the easiest to read through and especially not the easiest to do. Uh, but if anyone decided to say, hey, I'm, I'm really going to think about this, what could possibly be my idol? Can this justice, this hunger for justice, the way I define it, could that be my idol? Yeah. And and it was for so long in my life um, mm -hmm. that when I finally took it down, oh, this piece, this piece and, and came over my life and I it really allowed God to move in my life. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it, you really went after it. Uh, I think in a in in a in a powerful way, uh, that idea of how these things that are so often good things, these these gr good things, things that mm -hmm. are from God, things that God has given to us. Right. And one of the things that the children of Israel struggled with was not always. I mean, there were times when they would go after other gods, but there were also times when they would go and just they would do worship to God, to Jehovah but in a high place or in a place that, in other words, a place that wasn't, it wasn't the way that God had designed it to be. And so we can allow good things, things that are set up by God, things that God has given to us, blessing yep. that God brings into our lives, great things, great aspects of, of our personality, the way that God has wired us and these different things that we can allow them to get out of control. And again, when they're not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, one of the things that, that I thought was really, really cool and in the book, you kind of, um, I'm not even hundred percent sure if this was your, was, was your intention in the way that, <laughs> that you did it, but you, there was this uh, section early on in the book where you were talking about, uh, this, uh, the idea of being a protector and yeah. there's this thing about, you know, you're wanting to be a protector and that's a wonderful thing, 
-hmm. but how when it's not submitted correctly to the lordship of jesus it can get out of control and get you to do things that are not uh in the the will of god and can get you to really uh kind of act out of that personality and i think that's that's a really really beautiful uh thing and i'm so glad i mean that was one of the things that really just kind of grabbed my heart as i was reading it i'm like man it's so cool that we can not 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 cool it's (laughs) i said that wrong it's it's crazy how you know we can have these amazing things that god has given to us and i think what our tendency to do is that when we see something out of control in our lives like maybe we are uh, we just go over the top and we explode. You know, one yep. of the things you talked about in the book, you kind of talked a lot about our kids, the way that we react um, with our kids and stuff like that. I think that's a really good example. So maybe, you know, I have this tendency when I see some kind of injustice or mm-hmm. when I see, you know, the teacher at my kid's school is not yep. giving him the attention he needs or whatever, like I can kind of get explosive about that. And yeah. if we and, and so what we can do is we can look at that and say and kind of attack ourselves and be like, oh, I'm such a bad person and I do this, right. I do that. But I I, I think the, the way that you were kind of shedding light on this is like, hold on, if I actually kind of distill that down and I look at foundationally, what is this trait? There's this desire to be a protector. There's this desire mm-hmm. toward loyalty. Mm-hmm. And in the right context and submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, that's an amazing thing. Yes. But when it's out of control, it can look really, really ugly and get me into all kinds of trouble and, you know, whatever else it might be. And so and I think can- that that's a really beautiful way for us to look at things in our lives where we say, you know what, I need to grow in this area instead of like beating myself up about it. Maybe I can actually I, it, it's almost like it's more affirming. It's affirming of my identity. That this right. is not something necessarily that's just, oh, I need to stop doing this because I'm such a bad sinner. It's like, no, hold on. Let me see what this actually is. And then let me learn how to resubmit it to Jesus to walk with him so that it can actually become what he meant it to be. You got it. Yes. That, that so cool. I, no one out of all the interviews I've done for the book, no one had spoken about this, you know, and it's so mm. amazing. Yes, that was it. This being a protector, being a savior for someone became uh not only my way of uh, my identity of like this is how i show love and and people have to know it's a blessing that we can be a protector for someone else that as parents it's a blessing for them and for us but if we take it overboard if it gets too crazy it can be damaging to us and to them um because then they just depend on us more than they do god or Mm. or they you know we don't we enable some things in them and and so it's it's kind of been tough my kid is playing t-ball now and and stuff so i'm that parent that tells my husband don't coach too much like let the coach be the coach if the coach decides them to sit him out then that's what it, there's a learning lesson here for him that i don't want him to miss out on you know that yeah. there's uh, the winning and the losing and the you know, sitting on the bench for a little bit can teach him so much more than me being that parent that's like, hey, you know, put my kid in. And and so it's it's really a lesson wow. for both of us. And that's what I've learned also um, since I've written the book. You know, I, I wrote the book thinking of my nieces and nephews, thinking of my mom, thinking of how mm-hmm. I wanted my brother to be my protector and my sister and how she passed away. And whoa, where's my protector now? Yeah. And really saying, hey, it, it's you, God. And it's the way you want, not the way I say, because some of the things that you were saying, like uh, the healthy things in life, the good things in life, you know, we thirst for justice and righteousness. 
But then when we define justice our way, like, okay, God, you're going to give me justice, but I'm going to spell it out to you what I need. I'm going to give you the sentence they should get, and I'm going to give you how swiftly it should be. And if you don't do it like this, then I'm going to be mad at you. And so Absolutely. many times we've been mad at God, at life, at, at the system, because it wasn't done our way. And that, Absolutely. which is a blessing, you know, of, of thirsting for, for righteousness and justice is, is a great thing but not our way. And so one, mm -hmm. something that really helped me was to say, yes, God, God is just, and he's going to give us justice. But before that, he's a dad, he's a father, even to those people that have hurt me. And especially to those people that have hurt me. Um, so if he decides to give mercy to them, and he calls that justice, then it's up to me to say, okay, God, then, then you're right. Then I trust mm -hmm. you. Then that's the best way. And that was 18 years. It took me 18 years to learn that from the sexual abuse. I was just angry and come on, God, and when are you going to do it? And when are you going to come down with fire? And I see it a little bit in John the Baptist where he's like, fire, where Jesus was like, my definition of fire is different than yours. Even it's not, wow. you know, cutting everyone down. And, and I was frustrated until I just mm -hmm. let it go. And I said, God, forgive me, I messed up and thank you for the mercy yes. you've had on me. So whatever you do with that person is up to you. I just need to heal. And, and oh. we've wasted, I wasted so much time being angry and searching for that justice. And I wasn't a believer, but I still knew things about God. Um, and I said, why isn't he giving me justice? And when I just left it up to him, he did. And it was swift. It was, you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord in November, started forgiving led by the Holy Spirit, forgiving the man that sexually abused me for two, three months. And then in April of the next year, there he was. I had searched for nine years and, and begged for, for some type of justice for about 18 years and just giving it up to God. And in a few months, there it was. And, wow. and God did just gave justice his way. And I focused on healing. I really did. And, and focusing wow. on healing was much more of a blessing to me and to my my future husband and children than, than that justice could have. Wow, man, that's so good. You know, one of the fallacies that I think we fall under in general terms when it comes to somebody who has been abused, mistreated, oppressed, what mm -hmm. we tend to do is we think that, um, of course, the, the person causing the oppression or the group of people causing the oppression, the abuse, the injustice, of course, of course they're wrong about that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. God loves justice. But the fallacy yes. that we often fall under is that we assume that the recipient of it is 100% righteous because, because they're the one who's being oppressed or they're the one mm -hmm. who's being abused. And, mm -hmm. I, and for the, I'm, I'm not saying that they're responsible for the abuse. I'm not saying that at mm -hmm. all. I'm just saying that oftentimes that even when we've been harmed, we've been mistreated, something like that, that we come out the other end and we've got all kinds of baggage now, of course. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is not mm -hmm. our fault. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But now we're carrying things. Maybe we have wrong mindsets, wrong motivations. We have identity mm -hmm. issues. We have all these things that we're yes. now carrying. And it's causing us to act out in a bad way. It's causing us to sin. It's causing us to, you know, do these yep. different things. And so I love the the transparency of the of the way you've written this book and just the way you talk about this stuff in general about how it's like, uh, yeah, like this was horrible. This was something that was terrible that was done that was done to me. This happened at a young age. There's been all these different things that have that have happened, and none of it none of it was was your fault. Right. But at the same time, God doesn't want you to just focus on getting revenge 
because God cares about you. God cares about right. you coming into wholeness. God cares about healing the wounds of your heart and helping you to get into this place where, uh, where you can be free and you can walk in and experience that freedom that he died to, to secure for you, that he died to, yes. to give you because you're, because he loves us that much. And so it's like, yeah, like we can, we can default to this very kind of flawed version of justice or vengeance mm -hmm. or revenge and we can yeah. you know i'm after i'm after justice and i want this and it's right and it is it is and i think it's coming from a place of like of wanting there to be justice and wanting but uh, there's there's a couple of a uh, couple of quotes here that i actually wrote down from your book and it's what you were just talking about a second ago and uh i'm not sure if i wrote them 100 because i was actually mm -hmm. doing this it was audiobook so I was oh, I was it. trying to catch stuff. Uh, by the way, I love that you did your own narration for the. Thank audience. you. So did so I. Fun. That was an answered prayer. I, I love that. I hope I get to do that again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so two things you wrote. Um, if I want to embrace the righteousness and justice of God, I also have to embrace His timing, which might be far different from mine. Yes. The other quote is trusting God's brand of defense also means trusting God's means of defense even when they seem invisible or the timing is all off. And so as you were just talking about there, it's like when we take matters into our own hands and we go after things because we think we want to see them done and we want to see them done in a certain timing and done a certain way, we're actually belittling the reality of what God wants to do. And when we're willing to take our hands off it and recognize that, you know what, I might not see the justice that I want to see right now. Mm -hmm. I might not even see it in my lifetime, but mm -hmm. that's not the point because what God is after is so much more than this person getting what they deserve. He's after yep. my wholeness. He's after me growing and becoming more like him. And, and, and in your case, Rosie, it's like, he's, he's after, he was after throughout that process, you now having a ministry where you're able to lead others into freedom and, you know, write yes. powerful books like this. And yes. just, it's just, it's just incredible. So I, I just uh, appreciate so much where you're, where you're, uh, where you're coming from. And number one, the yes, transparency that you, you. that you just open with uh, all this stuff. Uh, but also I, I just think for, for me, it was a lot of really, really um, good reminders. And, and Man, that was amazing. Really, really helpful. I love that. I mean, yes. What I learned um, is that justice is, is good for me, but healing is so much more powerful. Yeah. Like the justice mm -hmm. that God gave us. I mean, this man got 31 years without the possibility yeah. of parole. I celebrated it. I, I'm not trying to minimize Absolutely. it. Yes. It was, amazing but i didn't need this person i didn't need the justice per se to be free to be healed and i think sometimes we wait we think they're at the same time when i get justice then i can be healed and, and i really wanted people to grasp it can be either simultaneously or be healed before like don't put your healing on pause waiting for this justice to happen let god do it he's gonna do it some way and and and, and even kind of let it go to say okay god well, the way you do it is yeah. gonna be perfect because sometimes we say i trust you god and you're sovereign and you're the king of my life but then but do it my way so that um we can have a better relationship so when i mm -hmm. finally started to let that go and what helped me was two things one like you were saying taking responsibility for my actions as an adult as a child that was eight years old eight through 11 mm. there is i was innocent and that took me Absolutely. time to process on my own just just to be able to see me as a child and say that was not your fault but as i grew older 
I was like, now everything is his fault. The drinking, the alcohol, the, the, that everything, my, my bad relationships, they're all his fault. And God said, Hey, 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 hold on. In the process of forgiving, forgive him a hundred percent for what he did. That's it. Cause sometimes we make excuses for them and then we only forgive 50% and then we don't wow. understand why we're still struggling. So uh, give, forgive him a hundred percent for what he did. And I took him to spiritual court in my, in my own room, just God and I a hundred mm -hmm. things. I would just write down, well, he did this and he did that. And, you know, and then God would point out, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> the drug use, that was you, that, that was wow. your choice. You know, that, and uh, you were 16, wow. he was no longer in your life. Yes. It was probably a way of you dealing with it, but not everyone that goes through sexual abuse becomes you know, abuse is drugs. Not everyone. That's a choice that you made. Wow. Taking that responsibility while I was forgiving him and 100% for what he did, no excuses, mm. really helped me grow as a person. It really, mm. really helped me. It, it humbled me. It let me see and it let me make the changes that needed yeah. to be made. It, the chains yeah. just started breaking off because I was like, okay, you're right. That was me. And some relationships were damaged, but not all. There are some issues I have to deal with. And, and it, yeah. so it really helped. And two, it really helped me when I started to feel this sense of, you know, God, yes, God is my judge, but he is also this person's creator and father. And he wow. loves him. He loves wow. me and he wants me to be made whole and he wants to save me and spend eternity with me. But he also wow. wants that for him. That realization that could only be the Holy Spirit because I hated this man was, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, okay. So the real victory, the real victory would be we're both saved. We're both healed. Wow. We both spend eternity with Come Christ. On. That's the victory. And that Come changed on. my prayer. It, it, it changed wow. my healing. It transformed me. And, and so when I found out later that he is, he's in prison and he leads a Bible group and he's been reconciled with Christ and he recognizes wow. that he deserves to be in there. That's what I've heard that he has said. He hasn't said like, yes, I committed this crime. He has said, I, I do deserve to be here. There, there are things mm -hmm. that I have done. And that to me is victory because in his conversations yeah. with God, there must be a deeper. And so to me, if they would let him go now, because a lot of people have asked me, hey, you know, he's appealing or what would happen? God said, like, whatever needed to be done, I am healed. I am whole. Thank you, God. He can be healed. He can be whole. Like, we just kicked the devil's butt, both of us. And and so that really helped me. And, and it really has to be the Holy Spirit. I cannot say like, oh, Rosie, think. No, no, it took the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad he told me because it made it um, the process of forgiving much more beautiful mm. than I thought it would be still difficult, wow. still painful, but it's like, Hey, like we just kicked the devil in the mouth, man. This is great. Rather than feeling like, Oh, I forgave and oh, I gave in and no forgiveness is powerful for everyone. Come on. That's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's so good. I, I, it's, it's like that, that Jonah syndrome that wants us to like, Oh, these people did wrong. Like, you know, I, he, I don't want to go and preach to them. I don't want them to have the good news. I don't want them to have the opportunity to repent. And it's like, man, in our, in our brokenness, we can so easily, I think, go to that, that place or somewhere like that, where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, man, this person wronged me. I don't, I don't want God to forgive them. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hold on, hold on. Like, what about all the stuff that I've forgiven you for? Right. I, I'm so, I'm so glad you went to the, to that conversation on, on forgiveness, because 
it is so powerful and it's something that comes up in every single one of our lives and it comes up over and over again where mm -hmm. we're faced with that challenge right we're faced with somebody that wronged us that hurt us sometimes it's you know worse than others of course mm -hmm. but we're faced with that over and over again throughout life and it's such an important issue that i mean jesus put so much weight weightiness on that issue of like you know hey you want your father in heaven to forgive you of your trespasses and sins like then i'm 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 telling you this is this is what it is like you need right, to that be equation to do that as well blew so my mind like wait a minute that equation it doesn't make sense to me god like yeah. what he did is worse right we you know we try and justify ourselves yeah. and put weight and and you know but it 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 does still help me now i mean i wrote the book during the during the pandemic i think a little bit before and worked on it and by the time i was ready to release it um i was going through a whole new battle as an adult and god said you might have to reread some of this i mean we can go back to this book and the stuff that we processed you remember now use it now wow. uh, for the little things and, and for the big things for the the stuff that i go through with my husband that that seems huge and then i'm like no it's minimal compared to like forgiving sexual abuse or you know betrayal um but that you we can still use i'm, I'm it's like this muscle that i'm building and and forgiveness isn't always the easiest thing but um i've learned how to do it and it works so god that's what god says hey it worked before let's go through it again and i, I haven't gotten my justice just yet the way i would say in this situation i'm like okay god you're taking long again you know is it gonna yeah. be another nine years and uh but god's saying you know the healing yeah i'm healing this time and, and i'm happy that this time i'm like okay i'm healing if i were to see this person in the street we it wouldn't be the same Rosie that would want to fight them. It's it's a different Rosie that would probably that I'm preparing my heart to to ask for forgiveness and to forgive even before it's happened. And I think that's a wow. huge victory. Wow. Well, you said something again uh, in the in the in your book about um, it's something I had never thought about this way before. You gave a different perspective on the seventy times seven. Uh, mm. where, G, where, you know, Peter's asking, you know, what, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother that sins against me? It's like seven times in a day. He's like, actually more like 70 times seven. It's like, oh, it's like, okay. So, so basically what we're saying is that there's no limit. And, but I like the perspective that you gave there uh, where it's like, um, like, yeah, maybe, maybe he is talking there about somebody who comes over and over again and just sins against me 490 times like oh, different times different things and i'm just supposed to forgive okay i forgive you again i forgive you again i forgive you again but what about also on the other side where it's like just making that choice over and over again to forgive yeah. and i think that that's so key because forgiveness especially when we're talking about some and and i do at some point <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, I want to, I want to back up, and I would love to um, kind of get into your story, and uh, maybe, maybe get get into you know some of the things that actually transpired. But um, you know, when it comes to some of the things like what we're talking about that you experienced with sexual abuse from a very young age and things of that nature, and then all of the trauma that that caused you as you went through your your life into your teenage years, into your early adulthood, and all of the problems that it caused that that it that resulted because of what had happened to you um this kind of downward spiral effect that was started by something that you were innocent of that was completely out of your control and it's like this is the argument right that we so often ex that that we encounter when it comes to well how can you forgive somebody 
How can God expect us to forgive somebody who's wronged us so badly, who, mm-hmm. who took our innocence, who took advantage of us, who betrayed our trust? Like, how could I possibly forgive? And it becomes this thing where we we it's like we don't want to forgive because forgiving in a sense means that we're letting go of something. We think that mm-hmm. we're letting go of power that we mm-hmm. have over the person, but in reality, that's not what it is at all. Right. And so, but it's it's this thought process that's like, oh, in order for me to forgive it's almost like I have to admit that what they did was okay. And that's not true. We're not saying that what they did was Mm -hmm. okay, but what we're doing is we're, we're releasing our right to exact vengeance and justice on that person. And instead we're putting it in the hands of God. And that's, that's such a, it's, that can be such a complicated or, or difficult thing to do. And so I love that perspective there because so often that is the case. It's not just, Oh, oh, I forgive and then it's over and it never right. bothers me again. Nope. I never think about it again. It never hurts me again. Like, no, you're going to probably might. carry the the hurt and the pain of that. Maybe you're going to carry it for a long time. And we, it's just but it's this willingness, I think, is what's so important that God is after is this willingness to continually turn it over to him and right. to continue to choose to walk in that forgiveness. Right. I think I used to think um, forgiveness was a one-time thing, right? Like if I just, okay, I decided to forgive him uh, because it's a choice because it's, it goes against every emotion that I have. And I never once woke up feeling like forgiving. It, It had to be a conversation and by the power of the Holy spirit. But once I made that choice, I thought, okay, it's, it's just one time. Right. So I went to the altar call and, and did it there and cried and, you know, Everything was everywhere. And then the next week, I felt like I wanted to do it again. Oh, I remember this. Or, hey, I heard his name and still felt like, oh, all these emotions came right. up. Wait a minute, something's there. Or he's he's bringing up an appeal. I'm so mad at him. How could he? Why doesn't he just accept that he did this? All mm-hmm. those were signs that were like, okay, there's still some cleaning up to do. And and what I started to notice with the 70 times 7 is like, I'm forgiving for, for the same thing. Um, over and over and over. There, there isn't anything else that I have against this person except this one very huge thing. Mm-hmm. And what helped me become willing to do it again, because the, the process can be exhausting. The process can, can be painful. Um, Joyce Meyer said it perfectly, like you walk through the same door. Like, you know, forgiveness is like walking through that same door of pain and, and you're, we avoid it so long, yeah. but I, one, I was exhausted, so tired yeah. of the anger and the yeah. bitterness and the pain. And God said, just let me know when you're tired of carrying this and we'll deal with it. And I said, okay, there, I'm, I'm just tired. He said, well, one of the reasons you're exhausted is because you're taking on a role I never gave you. Take off the judge's, you know, um, clothes, like take it off, let it go. He said, you're yeah. trying to put a sentence on someone. I never gave you that job. So you like thinking and, and focusing on what his sentence should be and how he should suffer. That's exhausting. And when you stop doing that, you'll sleep better. You know, that Most of that anxiety, that depression will go away. And I tried it and I was just like, all right, fine. What if he goes to jail or not is up to you. How he is with his children and his family is up to you. I, I'm just exhausted. I felt peace for the first time in my life. Wow. I didn't even recognize it um, because this happened when I was eight. So Christ found me and restored me and started healing me at about 25. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Like He said, that is peace. And I said, that is worth it. 
that alone. Wow. And so every time with the 70 times seven that I would go and say, hey, I just remembered something else he did or, hey, I still feel a certain type of way about this. I noticed I would begin to change. And I really did. Right. I don't know. I didn't know if he had changed just then. He wasn't, you know, um, behind bars yet. He wasn't sentenced yet. He wasn't, you know, um, suffering yet. So I didn't know if he was changing, but I certainly was. Every single time I went one more time to say, hey, I forgive him for this. I forgive him again for this. Um, I began to change. So by the time I saw him in person, remember it was from November to April, that anger was 100% gone. It wow. still blows my mind that I felt compassion for him. I, that I said, okay, Holy Spirit, that is all you. Because I saw him as a human, as a creation of God that was now going to suffer. He was he was chained up now and I was free. I, I was free from the depression and the trauma and the triggers. And, and I was free. And I said, oh, we just switched places. And I... I, I felt compassion mm. for him and I knew wow. that it was God's plan. So I wasn't trying to stop it. I just said, Hey, like he's going to go through this now. And, um, I just, I love to see, Hey, you changed Rosie. Uh, that 70 times seven transformed me. And I want to, I wanted that more than anything. And I was no longer exhausted because the, the justice wasn't up to me. The sentence wasn't up to me. And, um, it really helped me become a better mother. I mean, my daughter is 19 now. And Casey went through me, went with me through that process. And now she's 19 and my my second daughter is nine. So she says, mom, you're a different mom. She says, I want to commend you because the anger that I grew up with, it, Sammy's not dealing with it. Now, I was never abusive or angry or like, but my kids said, but because I knew you were angry at something, I, I she didn't even understand it. She says, I knew you were angry at someone else, but I also thought that that anger can transfer to me. So there was this, wow. this fear that I lived with, like, what if mommy gets that mad at me? What she's saying about this person, you know, and, uh, and, and she says, Sammy doesn't live with that. Sammy knows that if you're upset, it's, you know, she did something or there's going to be some discipline, but, and that alone was like, oh, I'm so glad I went through that process. If forgiving him. Wow meant that my my kids would have better like better childhoods and not deal with that anger then then i'm happy about that in that sense yeah that's, an, that's there's incredible. just so many benefits to forgiving that i, I didn't know <laughs> so many that i'm like whoa i'm, I'm still learning that's so great it, it, it's it's incredible when you can make that shift in your mind to from where you used to have hatred in your heart for somebody and we can say from a human perspective rightfully so but for, but when you can make that shift in your mind to where what used to be hatred is now compassion. And so, you know, I think we have this thing. There, there's something that, um, you know, we, we talk about when it comes to forgiveness. You know, one of the things we say is, well, you know, um, if you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, start by, you know, praying for that person. But if we're not careful, what we can do is we is we can start to pray from our own humanity of like, like, you know, I pray that this person realizes what they did wrong. And I right. pray this person comes face to face with this and that. And we can pray from that perspective. It's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Let me be more specific. Pray that God gives the, that God provides for this person what they need. 
Yeah. Pray that God brings blessing and abundance into their family. You know, like pray, actually pray, seeking the well-being of the person. Of course, pray for their salvation and stuff like that if they don't know the Lord and whatever else. But like, you know, this idea that it, it's the same thing. We can kind of put a pretty like bow on it to where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm praying for the person. But really, right. I'm still praying out of that same hurt that's coming yeah. out of me where it's like I still want God to defend me. I'm just going to do right. it in a more spiritual way. It's I mean, it, the, the psalmists sure did it. Sometimes I'll read a psalm and be like, yep, I feel, I've felt like that before, you know, you, bro, yeah. like destroy them and their kids, you know? But what, what helped me was lamenting first was really telling mm -hmm. God uh, before I even prayed for them, this is what I feel that I lost. The, 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 yeah. This is what I feel was either taken from me. And then God is so good that he'll just remind you in the process. Yeah, but I'm going to restore that, but I'm going to redeem that. So let, let, you know, you have that conversation with God, it becomes easier. Um, and for me, it was a process. I didn't start with forgive him or I forgive him. I started mm -hmm. with, all right, I'm deciding not to hate him anymore. Like help me not hate him. That was what the prayer started. I'm tired of hating him. So um, how do I release him? How do I, you know, and, and it began that. And then, it, and this took three months of process. My forgiving this person took three months. I mean, a lot of time alone with him, a lot of crying, a lot of altar calls. I was at every single altar car on the Sunday. You know, it was, it, it, it was dealing with this in, in community and then at home alone. I'd come back and say, mm. oh, I just remembered this. I'm going to write it down. And what do I do with this? Um, but it, it started off with, you know, I, I don't want to be mad at him anymore. I want to obey you, God. I mean, I saw the life of Stephen. Stephen in the Bible transformed the way I thought about forgiveness. How could he? He was being stoned in the moment. I think that was even harder when it's right. I'm yelling at you right now. I'm hurting you right now. And he was like, don't take it into account. So what do you mean? I've been writing down what this man did to me. I have a list. I have every single charge. And, and Stephen, which was human because I know he was, he must have been thinking of what he heard Christ say on the cross, you know, forgive them for they, yeah. for they know not what they do. So I was like, but that was Jesus, right? I can say, oh, but that's God. I can't do what God did. I'm not, per no, this was Stephen. He was a normal man. He was, and, and so me, I said, if God could use Peter, if God could use these people, he could use me. But also if they did it, then I can do it too. That wow. there's no, there's no difference in the sense of the way Stephen forgave. Um, so I, I really went to Stephen and said, okay, God, I'm not ready to say that prayer yet. I'm, I, that's the goal. Don't take it into account. But before that, I would start off with do your will, do your will, God, because you're, I do your will in my life, but also do your will in his life, do your will in so-and-so's life. Just, just do your will, God, because I know it's good. And so that's where I would start. And then that turned into, okay, God, God bless him because God bless you means do your will in his life. So, okay, God, God yeah. bless this person. And just saying those words were sometimes difficult. It would be with tears coming down my face. It would wow. be with, with, with barely whispering it. Um, and, and as the months and the times that I would be in God's presence progressed, it did change to, I forgive him. I, I really wow. do. It's, it's out of me now. It's I've, I've emptied it out. And um, it, I was able to give space for God to put new things in his peace, mm. his joy, his strength, his, That's you know, so and, and my face even started to transform. I truly believe that what we carry in our heart shines through our face. And, and I, I'm not, I know it sounds crazy, but I felt that I just, I had this glow and I had 
a newfound beauty because my face was relaxed because my smile was different because my eyes were no longer tense. It was just like, and people were like, whoa, Rosie, you look different. And, and it, it, it is that it'll shine through you. Sometimes you look bitter. We can tell. And you, we can also tell when you've been in God's presence because you're, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm good today. Um, and it, it has a lot to do with, with what I was carrying in my heart that I no yeah. longer carry. That's so good. Uh, Rosie, how do you help somebody walk through something where like under understanding how to handle, like when you've been wronged, you've been hurt by somebody, you've been betrayed by somebody. Um, but that person is continuing to, let's say it prosper in an external way where it looks Ooh. like things are going very, very well for them. And you're here suffering. You're, you're here picking up the pieces of what they caused. And it just seems like they're going on with their life and they're doing great. How do you kind of deal with that, that process or even, um, you know, for, for you personally, um, and, and also like, how do you help somebody walk through that and to learn to rest in the Lord through that process of, you know, just resting in his goodness, resting in his faithfulness, resting in, in him again as your defender, as your protector, as the one who's who's got your back, who's got you covered, whose leadership is absolutely perfect. But, you know, while you're kind of still maybe reeling from something that some pain that somebody caused you and it just seems like, oh, they're just doing they're doing great. You know, yep. And yes, that that could be frustrating. First of all, I let them know it's valid and I've been there and sometimes I'm still there now where I feel like, hey, I haven't gotten my justice yet. And this person mm -hmm. seems to be doing great. In fact, the pain that they caused me kind of helped them. And it seems like it, right? Like they're thriving. Um, I have to remember that this is not my home. I'm a citizen. I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen of heaven. So there, there are things there. It does seem like, you know, the way the word says it, um, the wicked, right? Sounds like such a crazy word. But um, I just go back to the word always and, and say, hey, they're going to wither yeah. away. God, God knows what he's doing. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Hey, God, you know what you're doing. You really know what you're doing. I'm limited in my knowledge. You can see five miles ahead. I, I imagine God and, and myself in a car and he can see what's going to happen. I can only see, you know, through the windshield. So I have to trust him. I'm like, God, you know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm just going to trust you. And that trust process itself is 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 a journey of, of really, really trusting God. Because we say it and it sounds so amazing. But when you really live it, um, you can get through these moments. I also think of, um, I think it was this parable of the, the weed growing with the wheat. And, and sometimes they have to grow together because if you pull those that weed out too early, it, it can cause damage. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. we're, we're growing together um, and, and there's going to be a time. Everything has an expiration date, everything except the word of God. And, and wow. so, okay, this is going to have its expiration date. I'm going to stand firm. That's what I have to worry about. Not about how much this weed is growing or how much it's prospering or how much it's spreading and how much people love it. Um, um, I, my goal is to stay firm. I'm going to be, um, what's the word? Like I'm going to remain when they fall out. If they fall out, if God decides to either pull them out or save them, I'm going to remain. That's my goal. God, I'm, I'm going to remain. I'm going to remain faithful yeah. to you. Uh, and, and whether they win or they lose, I have to start re remain my focus on you winning. You are winning to me. Being with you is winning to me. And it, it really, it, it becomes about that again of like, take me back to the basics, God your presence, take everything away from me, accept your presence. I need you. 
And um, so it just helps me deal with that. Like, hey, the weed has to be here a little bit so that I'm not even hurt if it's pulled out too early. And, mm-hmm. and I just trust him. Like, okay, God, you knew what you were doing. Uh, you know what you were saying. And, and the goal is heaven. Um, in heaven, there's, there's going to be amazing crowns and jewels. And I don't even understand it, you know, but um, that, that's my goal. When Stephen decided to forgive and he saw the glory of God, it just got to me that there are so many verses of saying that, that Christ is at the right hand of God. But this is the only time that I noticed where it said he's standing. And to me, I come from a family of entertainers. You know, they, they get standing ovations. I've seen them. And I've seen how good it feels to them. Because I asked my, I used to ask my sister, like, what does that feel like? She's like, it's love unlike any other. Like, even better than wow. the man's love. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, thank God she remained humbled. And she knew this. But it's momentary, sister. Like, it's, you know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't live off of it. But I said, I, I don't know what a standing ovation feels like. I, I, Rosie, sometimes get shy when they do that. I'm like, hey, 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 like sit down. It's, I'm not that big a deal. I don't, I don't know what I'm processing. But to think that Stephen received a standing ovation, that's how I saw it. Like, hey, I'm so proud of you. I'm getting out of my seat to receive you. Yeah, I said, that's absolutely. what I want. I, yeah. I want that. I, I, I want to make Christ so happy like i want to see him smile and say that's my girl she did it come on that forgiveness or letting it be or letting it go and not getting angry and and not living without anger because the anger can be valid but living with anger is so damaging like once you start Mm. living with it and you're holding on to it it's so self-damaging that it's not it's not worth it to me anymore what's worth it to me is hey maybe yeah. sometime maybe i can get a standing ovation from christ the way stephen did and that's my goal yeah. so all right let, let them prosper the applause that they get here that's it they received it it's done it, it's a it's a two minute applause where i can have an eternal moment with jesus and that that really helps me no that's so helpful that's so helpful and it's like um you know he i love what you're saying there that he's he's the goal you know he's the goal and when he's the goal then it, it ultimately not not the, not to say it doesn't matter what they did it doesn't not to say that mm-hmm. but but ultimately you know for us to be okay with you know if i never see my justice mm-hmm. you know if i never see vindication if i never get that promotion that i wanted if this person never gets caught for what they did to me if you know whatever it is if i never see that but i get you in the process god then that's what that's what our goal should be you know and I, I just i think that having that big yes for god where it's like hey um and not to say that god's not because he says vengeance is mine so yeah. it's, it's not that he's gonna forget it's not that he's gonna not do anything about about what needs to be done or whatever but it's like look if this doesn't look the way that you think it should right now are you okay with that if you're getting more of me in the process yep and he, he just said that to me. Uh, we just had an amazing moment uh, about two years ago. Again, I'm telling you, yeah. I, I'm in this process. It's very painful yeah. to where I'm like, hey, God, you're not going to fix this, are you? You know, and, and and he won't say yes or no. And I'm like, man. Uh, but I just did get this impression God. from him. Huh? <laughs> I was like, just 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 help me out here, God. Give me your Yeah, hand. yeah. Just Which let me know. You're going to do something or not? Like, yeah. He he gave me this impression of, and we were listening. My, my husband was worshiping uh, worthy of it all. And so mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and I love to hear my husband worship. And I, I, he's just so anointed. And I was really in his presence. And, and the Lord said, and if I don't, you know, like, 
he reminded me of 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 the three men um i can't ever say their name meshach abshach i, I can't say their name shadrach yes. shadrach meshach yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't say the last one's name Abed yeah abednego abednego yeah i think you said it right um he you know they said my god can save us but even if he doesn't we're not going yeah. to bow down to you that he showed me that he said so yeah. i could but what if i didn't Am I still worth it to you? Is is walking? Are you? Would you leave? Would you walk away? Is there anywhere else you could go? Would would our relationship be over if I don't clear your name? If I don't give you justice? Hmm. And I I said that that you're worth it. My image, laying down my image and what people think of me and and my reputation. I surrender it to you. Yes, you are worthy. You are worthy. I wow. would not leave you. I still love you. You're still worthy of my praise was such a release for me. It was it was kind of like laying down that justice that I wanted again. And I'm telling you, this was after I wrote the book um, and it was so freeing and it was so beautiful because I felt like he was saying that's a testimony. A, a lot of people, yes, celebrating miracles and and I'm the good stuff happening. And yeah, I got my justice. That's a testimony. But imagine the testimony of she still loves him, even though like she still believes in him when stuff doesn't go her way. That is a testimony where people will ask themselves, how, why, what is it about this God? What is it about this Jesus that she may not be getting her way? She may be, you know, her name is being dragged through the mud, but she still mm. loves him. And that's, yes. a, that's a conversation that I can have. It's because he, he's worth more to me. Than, than that, than my image, than my justice. And yes, do I want it? Yes, but I want him more. And, and, and I think that's what made the resurrection so powerful. If, if they weren't willing to die for him, we could have doubted, but they were willing to die for this truth. Like, yes, he resurrected and people thought, oh, it's made up. But when they started dying for him. So to me, that's what it is. It's, uh, I, I'm, my testimony is it's not going my way or how I imagined. But he's still, I mean, worth it a hundred percent, and yes. and I think that's the testimony I get to give. Of, I I'm healed, and thank God that he's healed me. And if he gives me justice, that'll be awesome. But if he doesn't, he, he's he's still worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that uh, maintaining that that tenderness and just that kind of sensitivity of heart before the Lord, it's so important in those in those moments where. You know, when you're feeling, especially when you're feeling broken, when you're feeling beat up, when you're feeling like you're not getting your way, when you're feeling like when you've been taken advantage of, when you've been whatever it might be, right? Like, but when those things happen and we're carrying those things and we're dealing with some kind of brokenness, um, you know, shout out to your, to the, I think the first book you wrote, My Broken Pieces, yes. right? Shout out to that as well. Um, you know, when you're kind of like in a, in that place of life where you feel like you're kind of picking up these broken pieces or or you know whatever god is so much better at mending our our broken heart and 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 bringing healing into our life than we could ever be with it and so it's just learning to walk in and maintain that kind of tender heartedness before god where it's like instead of me feeling like i need to do my own thing to take um to to get what I need out of this situation. 
but it's like learning to walk in that kind of quiet assuredness that that confidence in god that allows us to really experience the fullness of the of the healing and the freedom that he has for us because it's so easy to harden our hearts and mm -hmm. we don't recognize you know when I, I think when we hear the term biblically speaking when we hear the term hardening of the heart like the thing that i think of like i think about pharaoh i think about this thing where it's like mm -hmm. this big deal of of like his heart was hardened and he was completely against god and his people it's like no i could harden my heart on like one very specific area because i don't trust god to deal with it correctly yep. or i yes. feel like i'm safer in my own hands or doing this my own way because I've been waiting on God to vindicate me for so long. And I feel like it isn't happening in those moments. It's like, hold on, let me put that aside and just figure out how to just keep my heart open before you, God, because if my heart is open to you, I love what you said there. I love the, the Shadrach, Meshach and the, the, the third guy's name. It's like the, the, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, like we believe God's so able to, to, to save us. He's so able to heal us. He's so able to restore, to redeem. He's so able to do whatever it is that we need him to do. And I believe that he's going to do that because I, because I, that's what he showed me. It's because I, I know that he's a good father, but look, even if at the end of the day, even if it doesn't happen the way that I think it should, it's not going to cause me to turn my back on him. It's not going to cause me to now say, oh, well, God must not be good all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not going to cause me to change the story. It's not going to cause me to change the narrative because then if I'm doing that, then what I'm essentially doing is I'm trying to have a God made in my image because because he's got to do, if he doesn't come through for me the way that I think he should, then now that bad experience, quote unquote, that disappointment that I had with God, now I'm using that to now dictate my relationship with God and how I'm going to respond right. to him. And so I'm saying he wasn't good in this area because I didn't get what I thought he should do. And it's like, no, no, no. I need to flip that because he's right. always good. Yes. He's always faithful. His loving kindness is always better than life. And so I'm responding to that reality, regardless of what it looks like in my life sometimes. And if I could learn how to trust, and this is not easy stuff. This it's is stuff not. that, as you said, it was an 18 year journey. It's like a journey that you're still on, that I'm on, that I've been on my whole, like it's, it's this, it's this constant thing with the ebbs and the flows of life of learning how to continue to trust. And okay, God, how do I trust you with this? You know, you, you've taught me how to trust you along the way, but Anyway, that's why I love what you're saying there, even about just the the personalness, the way that the Holy Spirit has just walked with you through this journey and learning to connect with him because he's the best teacher in all this. It's great. You know, we need teachers around us and community around us, as you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, too. But he's the best teacher. And if we can, uh, you know, walk with him through these things that happen without hardening our heart, but yes. even coming to that realization of saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't mm -hmm. know how to heal. I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to let this go. It seems like, God, where I'm at now compared to where I need to be, it seems like such a far journey that I don't even know how. And what we can do in our flesh is get overwhelmed by that kind of stuff. And then it could cause us to not even try. Right. Or, Give up. You know, and, and so in some yes. way, we have these different areas where we we can just so easily kind of develop that kind of hardness or that, uh, yeah, there's like kind of calloused areas of our heart where we're not allowing God to come in and lead us in that area. And, and I think that's what motivates me. 
It, it, it motivates yeah. me because sometimes like a stony heart, a hardened heart takes away our sensitivity. It take, you know, like we can't mm. feel because that was the opposite, right? I will take away your stony heart and give you a, a heart that, that feels is what I got out of that verse is like, oh, it's going to feel again. It's going to be pumping fresh blood and, you know, having, so to me, it was like, I, I, that sensitivity to the Holy spirit is so important to me. And, and I've made that number one, like, I want to hear him. I want to feel him. I want to have him, you, you know, correct me in the loving way that he does. And I want the revelation from the word. And, yeah. and, and so that is my goal. Like, oh, I, I'm going to deal with this stony part of my heart right now. Like, oh, now I know it's there. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, is there, is there a disconnect? I haven't, you know, am I not hearing you? I can't, you know, I don't, it's a little bit harder to get into your presence when before I would, I just, it was like butter yeah. and it's, oh, there's this stoniness. I'm holding this. Okay. It's not worth it. If I can't have that, that direct or that, that connection with you, if it's being affected by this stoniness, then all right, it's not the easiest thing. I don't really want to deal with it right now, but I will so that I don't lose that sensitivity to the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit that I thrive off of. I need it. I joke around, but I, you know, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I need the Holy Spirit to go to my kids' games. I do. I really do. Um, and, and so, and, but just to be able to live, just to be able to be that wife that I desire to be, that mom that I desire to yeah. be, to be able to, to breathe deeply again and, and sleep well, I, the Holy Spirit has done it for me and, and I adore him. And so that, that stony heart isn't worth it. It, it, it just isn't anymore. Um, allowing people to take the peace that, that cost Christ, that the price that Christ paid on the cross for my peace and the process that I've been through with the person that sexually abused me. I'm like, oh, I'm not letting anyone take that peace anymore. I, I will fight it and fighting it on my knees of like, Lord, forgive them. Um, it's probably the the smartest battle that I've figured out. Wow. Yeah, and that's really, really helpful. Actually, one of one of the things that I find helpful um from your book is that you do have these really extreme examples that you pull from of things that you've gone through and things that have happened to you in your life. Um, mm -hmm. but then you also have these kind of very normal day-to-day -day experiences <laughs> of you know, the person cutting you off or the person in the restaurant, like just these different things. And, and I think that that's so helpful because it, it's so real, you know, so whether or not you're dealing with the aftermath of sexual abuse and how that affects your identity and self-image and all that, or if it's like losing your cool with, uh, 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 what, did, what did you call her? The, the rude mom Mama the Yeller. game. Mama oh, Yeller, yeah, lady. at the baseball game, even... she's smack talking the kids. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, someone got to sit this lady down, and I think it's going to be me. You know, and the Holy Spirit's mm -hmm. like, no, it will not. Yeah. It's not you. But yeah, it, I mean, even with my husband, you know, I open up the book with, I'm not, yeah. I think I, it was in the beginning chapters, I'm not cooking for my husband right now. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't do the garage. He wouldn't <laughs> clean the garage. <laughs> so I was upset. <laughs> And, uh, and you know that it's 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 those little things and sometimes you know the little foxes but it's those little things that start to build up that you just hold on to that you don't take care of that you don't let go and you don't forgive or you don't deal with um on your own or with your partner that start to build up so it can be this big yeah. huge event like sexual abuse or it can be a lot of little stones we've been carrying that are so heavy that you don't even realize because you you don't deal with them and and it can be you know um someone that cuts you off and it, you allow it to ruin your day and i'm like i i did that so long i did that that i'm not allowing it anymore 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I do like to remind people that I do speak a lot about sexual abuse. It's what I've been through. It's where God pulled me out of. And I, I don't want to stop speaking about it because there are people that are still hurting that they, those are, are, are the ones that my heart, you know, calls out for. If I could just yeah. find one more girl that was like me and, and God can save her, heal her, restore her. Ah, oh, that's victory. But it's also dealing with, you know, more common things, more day to day things that the, it's the same. Uh, we both have the same effects from the same person. Right, right. Yeah. That's so helpful. Uh, would you, Rosie, would you, would you talk a little bit about the platform that you have for helping women um, that have been sexually abused? Would you talk a little bit about what you do there? The, we, we call it Sister Somalia. I call it Sister Somalia. My sister called me Somalia. It was a nickname she, she just made up by meshing my okay. first and, and second name together. My name is Rosa Amelia, and she just kind of made up a name. So she used to call me Somalia as a kid. And when I was confessing or, or making the police report, she was next to me holding my hand because I had never even said the word out loud. I'm not sexual abuse, not molestation. I just, I couldn't even say it out loud. And I had to give this man details. And I, he looked huge and manly and I, it was a stranger. And, uh, it was so scary. So tears were rolling down my face and she just held my hand and said, it's okay, sister, I'm here with you. You can do this, sister. Don't worry. Like, tell him everything you need to tell him. It's going to be okay. Those words really resonated with me. Just, it's going to be okay. I'm here with you. So when when my sister leaves and, uh, you know, the, the Lord, um, she passed away, and I started to write my book, um, I really thought I'm never going to hear this word again. No one's ever going to call me Somalia. And it really broke my heart because it's one of the main things that you miss the nicknames and the hearing their voice, mm. but her fans started calling me Somalia because they knew I would miss it. And so it was a, a gift that they gave me. Hey, Sammy, Hey, Somalia. And then I thought, Hey, I can be that sister to you. The sister that, that Jenny was to me, I can be that friend to you and say, I'll walk with you. I'll hold your hand wow. in the process. And maybe we'll never meet in person, but Sister Somalia became an organization of women. Um, none of us counselors, none of us professionals, we just walk through life together. So we have WhatsApp groups. We connect a lot on Instagram. I give them Bible studies through Zoom. We've done book clubs. We've done prayers. We've done worship sessions. Uh, these are women from all over the world, um, uh, Latin America more than anything, that we, we do life together. So we meet once a month, and I keep it to a, a maximum of 10 women at a time. So right now we're on a journey and it's 10 women together. And maybe I'll start another group um, in a few months and, and some, some will stay and others are ready to go, you know, and, and, and live life mm -hmm. and all the tools that I've given them, I want you to use them. I don't want you to depend on me and, and meet with me for the rest of your life once a month. I want you, I want to get out the way and have you, have your relationship with Christ on your own. So I, I make it like that purposefully of like, I can walk with you, but don't depend on me. You don't need me per se. God is so good that he gave us each other, but I want them to fall in love with Christ. So right now there's a 10 woman group and we we're on a zoom and we're going through boundaries, how, how to deal with boundaries. So it, it, it's a pleasure for me. It, God just really turned my pain into purpose 
and and obviously it's it's free because there's no professional involved it's it's just doing life together we pray for each other and i am vulnerable with them to say hey i'm going through this right now my husband and i just had an argument help me you know pray with yeah. me or I, I was just kind of triggered in that i wasn't expecting that i thought it was over but me being vulnerable with them um makes this friendship community because um it's it's obviously christ that healed me but he's done it through my family and he's used my friends and my community. Um, so I'm really, really just wanting to walk with them. I want to be that, that sister that I had that I, that helped me deal with so much of the sexual abuse. Um, so if, if anyone wants to connect, you can go to um, my Instagram, Rosie Rivera. And I, I usually answer my DMs there or even better email me uh, contact at rosyrivera.com because with all the DMs, it can get lost. But um, I pray that that we can do life together. That's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, I mean, how important is that element of community when it comes to experiencing healing, you know, experiencing freedom, experiencing victory, you know, walking in that 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 freedom, whether it's from what we're talking about here with sexual abuse or some kind of trauma or something of that nature. I, I mean, how important has that community aspect been for you? Wow. I mean, other than the, the presence of the Lord being in his presence, yeah. community really, really helped me heal, understand, uh, bring out my power. You know, the, the woman with the, the issue of blood pulled out power from Christ when she touched his garment, but she pulled out power from herself when she spoke, when she told him everything that had happened, then her identity. That's when God said, okay, daughter. It changed from what we called her to, he said, okay, daughter. And I really believe that we take our power back when we speak, but we're sometimes not ready to speak to authorities or our spouse yet or our parents yet about what happened. Sometimes telling a girl across the country that I don't really know and she doesn't know me or she doesn't know the abuser because it could be my uncle or my grandpa, uh, I could, but I could speak freely. And I'm, I'm gaining my power. And that community of love is so important to know that there's this constant love that I received from my sister. It was her constant resilient love that mirrored Christ's love for me, that mirrored his mercy for me. And I wanna give that. And that, that only comes when you allow community. But maybe you're having issues with men. Maybe you're having issues with trusting even friends in your day-to-day -day life. But if you find it in this community, whether it's a church, a Bible study group, all these networks are so special. And I believe it, it's essential for anyone that's going through a healing jersey, journey, whether it's sexual abuse, DV, or grief therapy. You know, grieving in a group is is so important. And, and all these things I've learned from experience. Um, and, and that's why I give it. That, that's what I give, you know. Um, it's like when Peter said, I, I don't, you know, he's, they were asking him for money. He said, but I have this instead. And that was where the power was. Um, that's what I want to give uh, of like this from the experience. I want to present you to Christ. I want to introduce you to him and then give you what he's given me. But that only comes with community. And, and I feel that sometimes when we do go through pain with another human in whatever way, you the enemy tries to 
isolate us. Like, no, don't trust again. Don't be vulnerable. Don't tell your story. There's the shame. And and then when we just open up, even if it's on a hotline, and hotlines can be so essential because you they don't they don't know who you are, they don't know who your dad is, they 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 don't, you know, they're just gonna listen to you. You can say everything that you want, letting it out is so important. So empowering and and it can start a healing process. Now, when I first spoke up, I thought, oh, that's it. I spoke up. I let everyone know now I'm going to be healed. It wasn't. It it wasn't Mm. an easy journey. And I never want people to think that, oh, once I speak up, once I make the police report, it's over. You just started. And I don't want you to do it alone. I, I would love for you to have someone to hold your hand and walk with you, even if they don't have the answers. Um, wow. because it, 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 for a bit, it might get harder and, and doing it alone could be detrimental. Wow. What you said there is so powerful about, about your own voice. And because so often I think what the, what the enemy tries to do through our pain, through, through the shame that accompanies these kinds of things is he wants to keep us down. He wants to keep us silent. He wants to keep us in fear. And mm-hmm. so that's what that shame so often does. It's like, oh, it, there, I actually, I need to hide. I need to hide mm-hmm. this. I need to hide from, from any, from, from any of that. And it's like, there, there's so much power in being able to, to speak. And that's so evident, obviously, in your life, because I mean, now God has led you to speak on, you know, huge, you know, huge platforms, all different areas through writing, <laughs> through all these different things. Is that something? Well, well, let, let me ask you this, Rosie. Like, what would you say for you was the what was the most challenging for you when it came to speaking about your past and about these things that had been done to you and then about, you know, the subsequent lifestyle, which again, I, I didn't even really allow you time here for to tell your testimony. We, we just kind of jumped into this. <laughs> I loved it. I, I apologize to any of the listeners. No, I think they that, got that it. We want to hear the whole story, but, uh, but I mean, so because along the journey, right. So you have to, um, you're, you're having this initial conversation that you mentioned, like with the, the officers doing the police report. Right. Mm-hmm. But you eventually you were at the place where you you started writing about this mm-hmm. um but you've also you also had to have conversations with uh your husband about what had happened and with your 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 kids maybe about what had happened mm-hmm. your family your sister who um man like just all these different things what would you say was like the most challenging aspect for you of being able to start you know articulating and telling your story what, or what would you say which which group was the <laughs> group or person was that took the the most out of you to just have the courage to be able to start to uh, express what had happened to you before before Christ and while I was in the midst uh the darkest part of the pain what held me back was they're not going to believe me um them what could have been anyone mm. you know my mom my dad yeah. this was this was 13 year old Rosie thinking about it they're not they're not going to believe me then it was uh they're going to blame you too you were you were at fault somehow and so yeah. those two things yeah. of they they're not going to believe me and they're going to blame me can really freeze you up and the enemy will keep telling you that all like you any small thing that happens you see it's your fault because you ruin right. everything you you ruined it back there you're ruining it now and and he'll just keep playing that and it keeps growing like this huge snowball and your voice gets smaller and smaller and smaller and and you get smaller mm-hmm. too i was i wanted to make myself so small like don't see me don't look at me 
anywhere, church, school, just hide behind books or behind anger, just hide. Um, as I grew older, my own shame, um, you know, because it was, it, it was all his shame, but the enemy told me we shared it. So I was like, oh, I'm mm. so ashamed that this happened to me. I don't want anyone to know. Then society kind of gets involved. You know, we have to be so careful about how we react to movements, whether you believe in them or not, or, or whether you agree with the way that they're doing them. But sometimes the way a mother reacts to another child speaking up, um, it was like, oh, well, what was she wearing? I mean, even though they're talking to someone else, you, you say, oh, they're going to say it about me right. too. Um, oh, oh, what wow. did she do? Why was she out there in the middle of the night? <gasps> oh, I was too. So, so it's my, you know, and sometimes it's just better not to react in front of your kids. Uh, those questions could sometimes be valid. I don't know. But don't do it in front of your kids because you don't know that they might think, oh, she's going to do that to me, too. She's going to say that about me, too. So by the time Christ saved me, I was 25. I was 100 percent broken and he was restoring me. I had sworn my whole life either to protect myself him even because i didn't want him to die if he died i wanted it to be me i didn't want my brother to go to jail defending me i i, I didn't so i was like i i don't want his blood on my hands and then everyone's in jail and and his kids are are, are orphans it, it's this whole thing of having to protect myself having to protect my family from from their own actions having to protect my mother's heart from her pain so all these things silence you like if you just Take this pain on your own. If someone's going to suffer, let it be you and not everyone else. Wow. He, in fact, you win if your sister doesn't suffer because he's probably doing this to hurt her. So, ha, I'm a step ahead of you, abuser. I'm not going to let my sister know wow. so that she doesn't go through pain. I'm going to take it all. And that's where that savior complex came from of like, I'm going to save my sister. I'm going to save my brothers. I'll even save you all at my cost. And oh, wow. when I learned that I don't have to set myself on fire for, for someone else to receive heat, I don't have to set myself on fire for someone else to be warm anymore. I don't. Christ did that sacrifice. He, not me. I don't have to save anyone. I can speak up. And if, and if rifts happen, if divisions happen, it's not my fault. It, 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 it's a reaction because Speaking up can break up families. And you think of that too, like this is going to ruin my family. My dad is going to be so mad. It's going to put shame on the family name. You really process all these things. So if someone hasn't spoken up, I get them. I don't blame them. I don't rush them. It's not like, hey, I spoke up at 16, so you have to speak up at 16. Or, hey, you're 40 and haven't spoken up yet. There are so many things that you process that allow the Lord to tell you it's not your fault. If a rift happens, if a family breaks up, it's not your fault. It, you know, um, but like I said, by the time I was 25 and I had already processed all these things and I was just exhausted and realizing mm. like this didn't work. This this keeping it quiet didn't work for anyone. He kept abusing children. My sister was still hurt. Um, I'm still broken inside. My brother's gonna have to learn to control his anger. I was just, my plan didn't work. So I felt like, what What if I had spoken up? What if I do it now? And yeah, at 16, I, I spoke up. But when Christ saved me at 25 and the Holy Spirit took a hold of me, 
I, I received Christ in November, December, I was already giving my testimony. And that can only mm-hmm. be the Holy Spirit, that shy, yeah. isolated, socially awkward girl that wanted to hide. The Lord said, you're not hiding anymore. Like that superpower, wow. I take it away. You can't be invisible anymore. Um, but I was so hungry to have other people experience what I experienced. I said, if they only knew, if they knew that there's hope, if they knew that they don't have to cry to sleep every night, if they knew, and God said, tell them. And and what I saw was eight-year-old Rosie. I mean, I used to just, I was so confused. I was like, what is going on? Why do I feel dirty? No one knows. Am I the only girl that goes through it? Or do a lot of girls go through it? And no one talks about it. So I used to watch TV just waiting for someone to talk about this. There had to be someone that was going through the same thing I was and they were going to speak about it. So God, the Holy Spirit impressed on me of saying, what if you're that girl? What if you start speaking about it? And there's this eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, 40-year-old woman that says, she spoke about it. I'm not the only one. And, and. That's what still to this day helps me speak about it because the enemy will still try and say, you don't have to say it. People are tired of hearing it. There's already a movement. Wow. No one cares. Um, or or when I'm a little bit ashamed to speak, like right when I'm about to say pornography, every time the enemy's like, don't say it. They're going to think bad of you. Their, their <laughs> image is going to change of you. And, and I've noticed that when I go for it anyway, because I'm like, I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. There's one girl that's going to, understand there is there's a lot of girls that will dm me and say thank you for speaking about that i didn't know girls did it too or how can i stop it or i'm so tired of feeling like this and so i don't let him stop me anymore i just i kind of jump out the boat like peter just i'm going for it and and watch god move but all those reasons that are probably stopping women men from speaking up i get it i do uh process it they can process it. And once they 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 speak from a healed place, um, from an empowered place, um, the, the, the speaking up, you'll see how you just gain more and more power and you, and you take yourself back. You, you start really taking back territory from the enemy. <laughs> oh, that's so good, Rosie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, truly, thank you so much for all that you're doing. The, the 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 work that you do, the writing that you do, the speaking that you do, just getting down in the trenches with, with people and uh, helping people find their voice and empowering, uh, empowering people to uh, really experience the fullness of the freedom that Jesus came to die on the cross to secure for them. So they could be free, they could be healed, um, they could walk in victory and, uh, you know, experience healing from, from abuse, from trauma. Um, just thank you for, thank you for all that you're doing. Thanks thank for the you. writing that you've done. And uh, again, thanks for just being here and spending some time with me. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, Duke, for reading the book. I, it just made the conversation even better and just, it, it really encourages me to continue to do what I do. Um, I, I, I see it in women, but seeing it from a man's perspective is like, yes, you know, we're, we're gaining territory. (laughs) It's, it's one in nine boys, you know, it's, it's probably one in four girls, but they say it's one in seven to nine boys that go through it. So when, uh, when a man is touched, um, that's, I'm just like, yes, like, I, I I hope more men start, start speaking about things like this and they are. And, and I, I, 
um, kudos to them. And, and so just thank you for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here. And, you know, let's keep praying for each other, for you to do what you do and, and for me to continue to have the strength to do what I do because it's, it's yeah. all the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hundred percent, absolutely. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we could do it again sometime, and we could just maybe yes. get the get the the whole the story. Because I, I would love if we uh, weren't. I mean, because I I would I would love to. Um, for anybody who may not know, I would love to add that context. But actually, what I would recommend that you do is, um, you know, if you were if you listen to to this interview uh, today with Rosie Rivera, I would just um, encourage you guys maybe to uh, check out. Uh, another podcast that that Rosie's done, so you can maybe uh, get the maybe the full the full picture because it's a really really powerful story, and the way that God found you, Rosie, like the way that he, the way that he found you when you were on the in the street that night, strung out and wanting to die, and the way that he uh, the way that he found you and saved you, and then began that process of setting you free. It's just it's such a beautiful and powerful testimony of God's goodness. And yes. it's so cool to see that in you, to see how far uh, you've come, all the stuff that God has just redeemed and restored in your life. And the, just the sweetness of the relationship with Jesus that, that you have, it's so obvious. It just, it comes out of you. And yeah. uh, so I, I, I appreciate you just imparting that here today with the listeners and uh, it, just imparting that to the world around you. Before yeah, I let you well, go, would you, <laughs> yeah, let's do it again. I, I was gonna say I, I'd love to like be able to have a, a conversation about that. Um, I asked God, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget that you literally found me in the street. Don't don't let me forget yeah. so that I can keep that fire for for someone else that might be going through it and and not lose that sensitivity when I see someone. I never want to be jaded. But they they can also get my first book. It's um, only available at sistersomalia.com. Or just go to rosyrivera.com because it, it's it's sold out everywhere. Or digitally, you can get it digitally on Kindle if you want. But that that first book, um, my broken pieces, is kind of just like a testimony. You get to know me and my family and and life. Um, and then chapter seven, I'll get you with the forgiveness. That's where I talk about Stephen. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm always I'm always willing. I, I love this conversation with you, and we can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and you have uh, take your power back. Um, mm -hmm. Also, and then uh, God is your defender. And yes. uh, yeah, so um, just so sistersomalia.com as mm -hmm. well as uh, rosyrivera.com. Is there anywhere yeah. else that you would point people to or any other uh, resources that you want to mention before we wrap up? I mean, social media, Instagram, um, yeah. TikTok, Facebook, getting getting just the message, the word out there, doing life together there. I, I'm pretty open and talk about everything yeah. that I am. I think vulnerability um brings down walls so that it's the first step and so i'd love you yes to read my book um but just doing life together is amazing too so uh, rosie river on all social media so good well thank you guys for being here and uh, checking out this conversation appreciate you all so so much if you were watching or listening to one of the plat podcast platforms or whatever you guys are are just the best and uh, I, I encourage you to check out some more of those resources um, from uh, Rosie Rivera. Rosie, thanks so much again. Thank you, Duke. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening.